0: Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message.
1: Good morning, everybody. Today's reading. Uh, Nathan told me that I have to listen to a sermon related to this, so can not okay. You'll see all right ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4 through 10. you guys read? i can see all your your uh your pamphlets are all on okay here we go anyone who is living has hope even a live dog is better off than a dead lion for the living know that they will die but the dead know nothing they have no further reward and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that god has given you under the sun all your meaningless days for this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun whatever your hands finds to do do it with all your might for in the realm of the dead where you are going there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. There we go. Okay, I am going to listen real hard this time. Come Thank have you, day. Dan. <laughs> good morning. Are we?
0: We're doing good. Yeah. We didn't test the mic, so I'm doing an impromptu test as we go to talk right now. Are we still in the book of Ecclesiastes? All right. That uh, sounded like the book of Ecclesiastes, I'll tell you. I think of all the books in the Bible, the one that I hear, if I heard just like a solo passage from, the one that I'd probably, it would be the easiest to tell which book it comes from, it's Ecclesiastes. Um, But uh, before we hop in today, I I just want to say a word of prayer. Um, Yeah. Lord, um, there's just a lot of... A lot of things that happen on a Sunday morning, a lot of reasons why I might get distracted, a lot of reasons why each one of us here might be distracted, whether it's our kids, whether it's the, the coffee shop going on or, or or just stress or or looking forward to something. I don't know what it could be, Lord, but I pray that you would make space in our heads and our hearts right now to hear your word. Gotta just kind of get like do the the work to move the things out of the way that need to be moved out of the way so we can really listen, we can lean in uh, to what you're trying to teach us as we uh, continue to seek wisdom by looking at your word. Uh, Father, uh, help me today to uh, proclaim not a message that's that's just my opinion, uh, Lord, but that is what you desire for us, because the gospel is what we want to lay our hope on. So I pray that, that uh, everyone here that you know our hope wouldn't lie on Nathan's words, but rather on the power of you uh, through your word. Thank you, Father, for it. Uh, yeah, just prepare our hearts. We love you. We trust you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I read this passage earlier this week, and I don't know what kind of got over me, but but immediately there was a song that came to my mind. And it's funny because it's it's a catchy song that I'm sure a lot of us have heard of or have heard sung. And it's always look on the bright side of life. Did uh, did I see someone else who might have thought of that one? Always look on the bright side of life. And uh, if you know a little bit about that song, one thing I didn't realize was that song actually comes from a movie. Um, a movie. I'll, I'll make a disclaimer. I won't. I probably won't recommend it. Um, it's a Monty Python movie from the from 1979. Um, but uh, the scene that this comes from, it was funny because I, I I remember the song, and I was like, Oh, always look on the bright side of life, and and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna look that up on YouTube. I looked it up on YouTube, and what I find. Is two guys on a cross, <laughs> and one of them singing "Always Look on the." I'm like, "What is going on right now?" Uh, if you know anything about the movie, um, it's about him uh, It's called Monty Python's Life of Brian, and uh, this guy named Brian, he essentially is like the neighbor of Jesus growing up, and he's often mistaken for the Messiah because in his in his older years he becomes a rebel of Rome. And if you know anything about the cultural context of what the Jewish people believed at that time was that the Messiah would be one who would take down Rome. And okay, we we've talked about that before, um, and and because of that, in the hundred years surrounding Jesus's life, Jesus, like the fact that Jesus was proclaimed to be the Messiah, was not a was not like a, an oddball thing. It wasn't like, oh yeah, the last guy who claimed to be the Messiah came hundreds of years ago. No, there were a lot that happened within that, that kind of 100-year span of Jesus. And we hear that even from, new, uh, from, sorry, from specific instances within uh, the New Testament of the Pharisees talking about, oh, there's all these people, they came, they came, they came, and it all came to nothing. Anyways, lots of them. So this guy, Brian, was, uh, you know, he would be mistaken to be the Messiah, but he was a rebel, and he was a rebel with a bunch of other rebels, and so because of that, um, the the unique thing about crucifixion, it wasn't just the way of, of capital punishment for people who did really, really bad things, or something like that. It was specifically reserved, crucifixion was specifically reserved for those who were rebels of the state of Rome, and... And the way they used crucifixion was in a very public way. In fact, right outside of the city. So that every Jewish person who was coming in and out of the city every day every day, would see people dying on a cross. And they would know that those were rebels of Rome. And this is what happens to rebels of Rome. So Rome was really trying to, to portray a message. okay, And... Um, so, so, Brian, he's up on a cross with like forty-ish other rebels. I don't know exactly how many, and uh, he's up there. And then this guy behind him, he just starts bursting out into a song: "Always look on the bright side of life." I looked at some of the lyrics. Don't uh, there's some swear words and stuff. So just be cautious. Um, one of the uh, this is this is one of the um, verses from it. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten, and that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly, chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. So, (laughs) and of course, he's doing it in this English accent, so it's really catchy and fun. But um, I was thinking about that song, and I was like, man, that's like a pretty common, kind of like, you know, message. And and uh, Dan was talking to me about it at the beginning of the service here. Um, as he read that and he's like, "Well, simply it's pretty simple like if you're alive, you're alive. So enjoy it. You have hope, you can do stuff, you can think, you can, you know, help people, you can work, you can whatever, whatever it is. But if you're dead, you can't do anything. You're dead, you know, you're you're done. So it's better to be alive." And so that was what got me thinking and it's this it's this, you know, cultural thought i mean i don't want to say it's culture it's a it's a thought and it's a way of living a, an optimistic life now i'm going to be the first to say you want to be an optimist please don't be a pessimist we like be a person who who looks at life with the glass half full and not the glass half empty but i really got thinking i'm like okay so so solomon he's saying this you know hey like at least you're alive so enjoy it kind of thing and the question is, so we as Christians um, this this way of, of looking at life, of always looking at the bright side of life that's a very simplified version of, of living uh, but is that like is that an appropriate uh, message for those who uh, love and follow Jesus? And I really started thinking about that. Are we supposed to always look on the bright side of life? And I think it it is important to uh, to think about phrases or advice in their appropriate context, because there's probably a right time to always look on the bright side of life, or maybe a right meaning of what it means to look at the, always look on the bright side of life. Boy, I'm going to say that so many times today. Um, or there's an inappropriate time to always look on the bright side of life based on the meaning, what you mean by that. So let's look at the passage first. So you can look at the front of your bulletins. Um, let's let's just kind of break this down. I'm just gonna do a quick little summary, okay? So everything is meaningless. So, it, so this, that's the theme of the book of of Ecclesiastes, if you've been around or you've read the book. So is it better to be alive or dead? Well, if you're living, you have hope. okay? That's in the first these first couple verses. At least if you're living, you have thoughts but the dead are forgotten. All that you did when you were alive is vanished once you died. Okay, it talks about whether you loved or you hated or you are jealous. All that is long vanished, as it says in verse 6. Verse 7, there kind of should be, I'm not trying to add anything to the Bible, but, but from a literacy standpoint, there should be a therefore. In the Bible, you often see these therefores. Uh, And it connects one school of thought to another. And so, therefore, if it's better to be alive than dead, then, into verse 7, go, therefore, go, eat your food with gladness, drink your wine, okay? Eat, like, go and enjoy what God has given you now. Food, drink, clothes, comfort, spouse, work. For when you are dead, there are none of these things. You can't do any of those. And I'm just looking at this passage, and I'm really trying to, you know, am really trying to look at it in the context of the whole book of Ecclesiastes. Okay. We, all, we always want to kind of go from the micro, what the specific verses that we're looking at. We want to back up a little bit. Okay, well, what is this? What is? What's this, What are they actually trying to say in this whole book? And then even more macro, how how does this this fit into the the narrative of how God is working in humanity through the Bible? Okay. Well, if you've been tracking with us and you've read the book of Ecclesiastes, you would know by now or at least get the idea that this thought that Ecclesiastes or that Solomon is laying out there, the author of Ecclesiastes, is that this argument is actually self-refuting. He is refuting himself, not in not in just this passage, but in earlier passages, okay? From chapter 2, 1 through 11. I'm going to go ahead and read this. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. That's a strange one. I embraced folly, but my mind is still Uh, guiding me with wisdom. I don't know how that works. Anyways, I wanted to see what was good uh, for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing, flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired desired. I refused my heart, no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Now, there's a lot to unpack in there historically that this, I just don't have the time to go through. So if you have questions about a lot of that, there's a very different cultural time than what we're experiencing now. So um, dig into those questions, though. Don't, don't just skirt by them. But, but he just went on and on for 11 verses, and that's not the only 11 verses. He goes on and on in the first nine chapters of Ecclesiastes saying, Oh, you want to have some joy in doing this thing or that thing? And he breaks down every, every you know, thing that you want to find your joy in. And he says, all that, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. So so then in the passage that we're in, when he says, oh, go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart for God. is All this stuff, you're like, hold on, man. You just spent nine chapters telling me to not go do those things to find my my joy and purpose in them. And then ultimately you just said, oh, well, it's better to be alive than dead. So just go and enjoy them anyways. And you're like, well, if I go and do that, then you're just going to be like, all right, go back to chapter two. And and then I'm going to be in this like roundabout circle. And I, I will say, the first time I went through Ecclesiastes, that's the circle I got into because I'm like, dude, You're all over the place. What are you up to, Solomon? Like, I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. And then read the book of Proverbs after, which we'll go into, and you'll be even more confused. (laughs) So, at least, I am grateful, at least there is some level of resolution. In the end of uh, Ecclesiastes, um, chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Solomon says this now all has been heard here is the conclusion of the matter okay you're like all right thank goodness just stop doing the circle and just get to the conclusion fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind for God will bring every deed into judgment including every hidden thing whatever or whether it is good or evil the end of the matter is God okay you've probably heard the the passage that talks about how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of understanding. You see, when I thought about that, that quote, that or that song, that, always think on the bright side of life, I was like, okay, well, what's a biblical case for looking on the bright side of life? Now, what they're talking about in the song is obviously not, you know, the bright side of life isn't God, or Jesus, or the gospel. The bright side is they're alive. I don't know exactly all the bright side of life for the guys sitting on the cross because there's not a whole lot of good life left for them. But, but you know, maybe the bright side of your life is, you know, oh, I, I have a good job. Um, I have a great family. I get to do the hobbies that I really like to do. Find meaning in your work. Maybe you're a student and you're like, you know what, I, I, I really enjoy having my friends at school. What is the bright side of life? And and I, I want to say there is biblical reason to believe that. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, Paul, very popular verse, says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. okay So there's a good reason, to, you know, as long as what you're, what you want to find some joy in is is good. It's not you know you're not finding joy in bad things, um, in things that God doesn't you know specifically want for you. But but there's good reason to believe that we can we can find joy in family. And I'm not trying to say that, okay. But ultimately, what Ecclesiastes, if you're tracking with Solomon here, is is a deeper joy, a deeper joy that we find in these things, okay. And I don't know when you cross that imaginary line of like, oh, this is where I can just have fun doing this thing and enjoy it and thank God for it versus this thing has now become my God. That's a fuzzy line. Probably fuzzier than I'd like to admit because, you know, I've gone through many seasons of my life with snowboarding, mountain biking, my wife, you know, my my son, where I have felt like... They have maybe crossed the line. And I don't know what those things are for you. Maybe there are some things in your life. I'm certain there are things in your life that have crossed the line from being, I, like, I'm going to thank God for this, to, like, I'm going to be angry at God if I don't have this. And the right was interesting, so that there's good reason to, like, think about good things and find joy in those things. But but ultimately, when I when I really came down to it, the bright side of life, the bright side of life. And, and the reason I, I, I really look to this is because those early followers of Jesus, there wasn't a whole lot of the bright side of life, if you look at it from a temporal standpoint. They lost their families. Many of them were martyred. They had to do church gatherings like this, hidden And very quietly, they were being burned at the stake um, in those early years. There wasn't a whole lot of bright side. And so if your hope was in anything other than Jesus, you'd be let down pretty great. And I don't know if there's anybody who understood the bright side of life better than, it's funny because I was talking about the life of Brian and them all on the cross. Well, there's another guy who was on a cross and he just happened to be next to Jesus In Luke chapter 23, verse 39 to 43, there were two criminals who were being crucified with Jesus. As we know, they were rebels of the state, rebels of Rome. That's why they were being crucified. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The beautiful thing about the gospel, the beautiful thing about being a Christian... Is that if the bright side of your life are temporal things good things but temporal things you'll always have the opportunity to lose them and they'll also never be able to measure up to the love and the joy and the forgiveness that you can receive from jesus the bright side of life is found in the gospel the bright side of life is that i am a sinner and i deserve god's punishment that we are sinners all of us and we all deserve punishment that was the biggest disconnect for me when i was growing up i just assumed that you needed to be good and that the good people made it to heaven and the bad people made it to hell but no it's that we all deserved god's punishment the bright side is that jesus took our punishment on the cross and just like this criminal on the cross We will be with him in paradise. That's a promise, that we will be with him in paradise for those who believe and trust in what Jesus has done for them. So I hope when you, next time you hear the song, always look on the bright side of life. I don't think, you know, maybe you can leave some words out of the song, but the, the idea remains is that the bright side of life is found in Jesus. I love in, uh, in John chapter 1, it talks about Jesus being the light of the world. It talks about the Word becoming flesh. It says this in verse 4, In Him was life. In Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The bright side of life, guys, is Jesus. So sing that song loud and proud and point others to the bright side of life, which is Him. Lord, we love You. We trust You. We know that we put so many other things in the place of You, in the place of Jesus, in the place of the Gospel to bring us ultimate joy and fulfillment, to warm our spirits, but Lord, ultimately, the gospel is the only thing that can eternally bring us joy and forgiveness and love. Unlike a good song can, unlike our family can, unlike our career can. Lord, we we need help. I need help because I consistently forget. Help us, Lord. Because Jesus is the light of the world, and in him there is no darkness. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.